This week on Wrestling Hindsight, we review TakeOver 25, we preview Super Showdown, and we go over the latest edition of the Firefly Funhouse. All that and more on Wrestling Hindsight. Wrestling Hindsight Podcast. Wrestling Hindsight Podcast. Wrestling Hindsight. Wrestling Hindsight Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling Hindsight. I believe this is actually episode what, 49. Is that right, Dad? What was I thought it was 40. Uh, yeah, it might be 49. It's either 49 or 47. Oh, 48 was last week. So, Well, that so, would make it 49. So how did you figure that math there, 49 or 47? It can't be 48 at all is what you're saying? Yes. Anyway, it's episode 49 of Wrestling Hindsight. As always, I'm your host, Jason Sklar, down here in sunny Jacksonville, Florida, joined as always by my co-host, Big Steve, formerly in Jax. Say hi, Dad. Hello, everybody. This is Big Steve and Jax, uh, reporting from Lake St. Louis, Missouri. And it's a beautiful day out today. A little soggy, but that was from last night. And we've got an interesting show this week. Uh, lots of stuff to cover. We're coming to the Super Showdown. Uh, possibly some uh, some tidbits on uh, on AEW and all kinds of stuff. So, without any further ado, take it away, Jace. Yeah, and um, just a reminder: if anybody would like to comment on the show or reach out to us and uh, let us know what you think, or give us any suggestions, or or just criticize what we're, we're saying or send Big Steve some dick pics of Brock Lesnar because you know he loves us. And that's what he calls cashing in. You can reach us, me at WrestlingHS316 or Big Steve Injax at Big Steve Injax1. You know, son, I'll tell you. You keep telling him to send me uh, Brock Lesnar's dick pics. But well, you're I don't want to see him. You're the only one talking about him, so you must be the one who really wants him. Well, I figured, I figured, why would I have him send them to you if I wanted them? Anyway, I have no idea, but you're the one who keeps talking plus, about I them. I figured it'd be something good for you for Father's Day. Right. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump into the show. And first, I want to talk about some news that broke this week. And uh, I, I think it was right before TakeOver 25, they announced that TakeOver UK, uh, the next TakeOver UK pay-per-view, will be on August uh, I think it's 31st, either the 30th or 31st. And the reason why that day is important, other than, you know, a great takeover show around SummerSlam sometime, is that's the same exact day as All In. And the same exact day as a big New Japan show. So it's, we're going to have the, the wrestling trifecta on, on that day. Uh, and I said all in, I meant all out, because that's the next pay-per-view. All in was last year's pay-per-view for AEW. Um what are your thoughts on this, Dad? Do you think it's some friendly competition? Do you think it's just, uh, you know, over, like, you know, coincidence or what? Well, there's a couple of things that come to mind here. Number one is, if, if this holds true, that means that this, uh, this all-in will actually take place after SummerSlam, not before SummerSlam, as SummerSlam is always in August. Okay? And secondly... Uh, yes, it looks like it could be a little bit of friendly competition and be an interesting gauge to see uh, just how AEW stands up against WWE. Well, let me just clarify, Dad. This is TakeOver UK, so it's not traditional TakeOver. 
So they don't necessarily run in line with the pay-per-view schedules like uh, TakeOver usually does with the exception of TakeOver 25. Uh, Also, because it's in the UK, uh, it's going to be live at like 6 in the afternoon. Probably. Feasibly, you could probably watch both. Uh, We're not really into New Japan. We really don't get that here. I'm sure they do great stuff. Uh, John Moxley just won one of their titles in his first match after leaving WWE. But between All Out, AEW, and TakeOver UK, the lesser-known NXT brand, uh, which one would you watch if you could only choose one? If I could only choose one? Oh gee, I I would right now I would go with the NXT because I'm more familiar with that because I haven't actually watched AEW yet and I don't watch uh, New Japan re- uh, regularly. Although from what I understand that New Japan is awesome. Who's the NXT UK champion? Oh gee, it's uh, Walter. Okay, I was just checking because you said you're more familiar with it. We never talk about it on the show, so. As far as I know, you watch it about as much as I do, which is rarely ever uh, outside of the last UK TakeOver show. Uh, Personally, I think I'm on the other side of that. If this was regular NXT, uh, I think I I would lean NXT. But because it's uh, uh, UK, I'm not as familiar with it, even though those guys do a great job over there. I think I'd prefer to watch All Out. Anyway, speaking of All Out and New Japan, let's talk about one of their big stars and somebody who's putting... Uh, them on the map and that's John Moxley. John Moxley was on another podcast this past week this time from Wade Keller uh, who you can also hear uh, he, he has a weekly podcast he also does uh, a time from time on the Sam Roberts show our good buddy because we uh, listened to his podcast and he liked two of my tweets um, and he one of the things he was talking about that just kind of emphasized his point previously was his WrestleMania 32 match against Brock Lesnar. If you don't recall, that was set up to be a street fight. And he talks about how excited he was to work with Brock Lesnar. He always wanted to do that. And um, it it was kind of a a clusterfuck, especially for being WrestleMania. Uh, He would constantly pitch ideas that would seem to be uh, not necessarily shot down, but almost like placated, like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Uh, Brock, while he was a friendly guy and everything, didn't really seem engaged in wanting to uh, work with him or plan out the match leading into 32. Um, they, they had a couple conference calls with some writers and uh, I guess some executives, probably Vince McMahon, where it seemed like ideas that he was throwing out were just being ignored. I mean, after all, this was supposed to be a street fight. And then uh, I think uh, during the notes I read, Moxley said that he didn't even get to talk to Lesnar in person until like three o'clock the day of the show. So interesting. So and I remember uh, I don't remember specifics from that match, but I remember being disappointed in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to Moxley, you know, Lesnar's idea was pretty much, look, I'm going to take you to Suplex City. You uh, get your hands on a weapon. You make a little comeback with the weapon, and then I finish off. And that's kind of what it was. A little simplistic. Wait, yeah, but you see, I mean, uh, you can kind of tell when Lesnar's bored and not engaged, and uh, I guess he has free reign to do this. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, Lesnar seems bored and unengaged most of the time. Okay, uh, the pro- one of the problems I have with with his work at with his work in the uh, WWE is that. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like uh, it doesn't seem like he's got true interest in the product other than his paycheck. Okay, that's my opinion. 
okay, uh, to, to run a good match and a good angle, you have to have three things. Two of them are wrestlers that want to that that really want to get in there and entertain the fans and and put on a show. The third is good good uh, good booking, and you know uh, the booking part they definitely have a problem with. And you know in Lesnar's case, I don't think he's really engaged. He, I, I don't think he is really engaged most of the time. You can you can tell when he is and he isn't. Except um, when he's beating up Seth Rollins. I think this whole money in the bank stuff, I think he's enjoying. So he seems yeah. more engaged with it. Um, I think he gets almost as bored and placated as we get with him. Uh, I do find it interesting that apparently Brock Lesnar has free reign to do whatever he wants with his character, and everybody else seems so heavily scripted that uh, the juxtaposition there is kind of weird. Uh, but speaking of good booking, let's jump over to our NXT 25 recap here or TakeOver 25 recap here. And um, one of the things I like to point out, and I don't know if you're keeping count of this during uh, the show, but I had a perfect show. I hit every prediction. Um, uh, Matt Riddle beat uh, Roderick Strong. Yes, I think we agreed on that one. Um, the Street Profits won the tag team titles. I think you went a different way. Just for the sake of argument, to be honest yeah, with yeah. you, um, Velveteen Dream retained his title. That one was kind yeah, of yeah. easy to call. Now, I th- actually I thought that it would go the other way. I thought Tyler Breeze would get it because I th- I'm looking for Velveteen Dream to come up to the uh, to the big leagues. God, I hope not. Not not because he doesn't deserve it, but I don't want them to ruin him. Oh, that's true. But you know, um, Shayna Baszler retained her title against Kyrie Sane, and then uh, Adam Cole won the title. And why this was predictable, in my opinion, uh, it wasn't predictable in a bad way. Because even though I was, I, I called all the matches. Logically, they make sense. Having Roderick Strong and uh, the Undisputed Era lose, except for Adam Cole, allows him to have an ego play in the group and create some tension in the ranks, which they can play out in storyline. Uh, Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze is probably a, a part-time player until you know he's probably going back up to the main roster. Uh, you know, from time to time, these main roster guys come back down and do you know small spots and in, in NXT. Uh, you know, I, they but but it was a great match. They had a, a great juxtaposition in the match. It was, it was very entertaining. Shayna Baszler is dominant. I didn't think it was time for her to lose yet, mainly because it's not time for anybody to get called up. And uh, Matt Riddle needed to win this match because he lost last time on pay-per-view, and you don't want to give him the reputation of not being able to win on the pay-per-view. Um, and, and then the Straight Profits were probably the, the best and most exciting tag team, most developed tag team that they had in that tag team match, you, you know, for the ladders, which was one of the better ladder matches I've seen, considering we saw two ladder matches a couple weeks ago on... Uh, Money in the Bank, and I thought the men's ladder match on Money in the Bank was really good until the end. Um, this one was great. There's everything just looks so painful. It looked like they were taking some really, really hard bumps. Yes, they were, and uh, you know, you know, some, you know, if it looks painful, sometimes it really is. You know, you jump, you fall off a ladder, you can't really, uh, you can't really uh, protect yourself there very well. But you know, I will tell you the the matches were really good, and yes, I will agree with you that that ladder match was very good. 
the uh, the match between uh, between uh, uh, Riddle and uh, Riddle and Strong was excellent. Uh, you know, uh, Tyler Breeze and Velveteen Dream was off the charts, and I like this particularly because you got to see some of the stuff that Tyler Breeze can actually do. The man is a hell of a wrestler, and he's a great storyteller there. That's his dream. And, you know, uh, and of course the uh, championship match there with uh, Gregano uh, putting over, uh, uh, putting over uh, Adam Cole. Adam Cole, thank you. Okay. I didn't mess with you this week. Thank you. Okay, with uh, with Gargano putting it over Cole, you know that was such that was a thrilling match. That was the type of match that does make you suspend disbelief. That's something that's missing up on the main roster. Let me ask you a question. Um, there's a lot of talk uh, from people outside, of, like fans of wrestling outside of WWE, that uh, currently Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the business. And some people would say that Daniel Bryan on the main roster is the, the best wrestler in the business. I will say right now, right here on Wrestling Hindsight, if you want to argue with me, Wrestling HS316 on Twitter or comment on, on uh, this on iTunes or SoundCloud. Johnny Gargano is the best pound-for-pound pound wrestler right now. I would have to agree with you. The man's amazing. You know, uh, and that's not taking anything away from any of these other guys. You know, they're all they're all very very good. But you know, Gregano, you know, I have I have I have not seen anyone like him there. Okay, Ricochet comes close. No, but, no, uh, Ricochet, it's different. One, uh, let me point out that the string of uh, NXT being the best show in the business. Uh, with TakeOver for the past um, year and a half, two years, coincides with Gargano headlining TakeOvers for the past year and a half, two years. And the difference between Gargano and Ricochet is Ricochet is a high flyer, and he does unbelievable flips and everything that nobody can do, similar to when Rey Mysterio first came up, and he was the only one who was really doing what he was doing. Gargano is Shawn Michaels because... He sells like there's no tomorrow where you either think that has to be the end of the match or he may have just gotten seriously hurt on that one. And you believe it, similar to Shawn Michaels and, you know, to a lesser extent, Daniel Bryant, where the the near fall, you know, kickouts that he does are amazing. He constantly looks concussed, <laughs> which which is something to pull out without actually being concussed. It's it's remarkable. And yeah, yeah. The, the best wrestler in the business right now. He he can do everything. Uh, I, I think he could help the main roster. I don't want to see him go up to the main roster because I don't want him to get lost. Right, and I would agree with you there. You know, like I like I, I I came out and said last week, the main roster is packed right now, very very deep. But the booking, the 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 booking is very shallow minded. And I wouldn't want to see some of this talent get lost up there. They have enough talent up there that got lost. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things, like, uh, I've been saying for a while, at least since we started this podcast, even conversations we've had before this podcast, where they they have enough people on the roster where they can have cycles of people, where each wrestler gets uh, three months off a year. Yeah, that would be a good And what that would do is, one, that allows you to miss them, 
Two, that allows them to recover. Three, that allows you to build build other other stars. But the only way that, well, and, and they're they're doing the exact opposite of that. Instead of instead of giving people more time off so you can build other people and then expand, you're actually just taking uh, people who you think you built and putting them on multiple shows so you get tired of them. Uh, Shane McMahon and Roman Reigns come to mind. Yeah. But you know, and I'll tell you something. That's one of the uh, beefs that a lot of the a lot of the talent in WWE has that they have a really killer schedule. Okay, they you know they they're on they're on the road 300 days a year at least, and they're all over the world. They don't get uh, a lot of time with their family. Yeah, they get paid a lot, but when you're doing stuff that they're doing, you don't have time to recover. You're going to get hurt. Take a look you- at Mickey James. Could you imagine when there's like a, a a European tour or something? You you have big names who aren't in an active storyline, just you know on that tour. while you, you know your your television program continues on? That way the people, uh, the television program doesn't suffer, and then the the people on the uh, who are going to the European tour and Asian tour still get their money's worth because they're still seeing big stars. Yeah. But the way you're doing it right now. Uh, I, personally, I still don't like Roman Reigns' uh, in-ring persona uh, that much. Um, but you know, if he's not on the card, people probably you know there's probably a lot of people who don't care. Well, you know, the thing is with the uh, the problem with Reigns is strictly that he's overused. Okay, he's a constant wild card now. Okay, and I'll get into some of that later. He's been but... a wild card every single week so far. That's what I said. But yeah. you know. And, you know, what they're doing with this wild card, you know, it makes you wonder if there's actually really a brand split. I mean, not really. We'll talk about that a little later, some of our other topics. Anyway, since we started talking about the main roster, let's continue on and move on to some of the, well, I can't really call them highlights, some of the things on Raw. (laughs) And there's really not a whole lot to talk about on Raw this week, in my opinion. Uh... First, uh, let's talk about some of the, uh, we'll talk about more of it uh, as they relate to our Super Showdown uh, preview later. Uh, but some of the things that may may not tie in, uh, I think the first thing we have to talk about, it only appeared on Raw this week, didn't replay on SmackDown, which I don't know why they're, they, they mix that up like that. But the Firefly Funhouse was absolutely fantastic. Huskus the, the Pig, uh, clearly a nod to Husky Harris. Um, oh, yeah. Um, you know, he had a cameo by the boss, which looked like a Vince McMahon, uh, puppet with horns. Yes. And, um, uh, you, you know, it was pretty much a workout video because Huskis had to get in shape and, uh, something that Sam Roberts mentioned on his podcast and I think has been coming to light as of recently. And some people saw this before. Some people didn't realize maybe it applies to all the characters, but each one of these puppets, except for the Vince one this week, uh, applies to Bray Wyatt at different stages in his career. Yeah. Huskis is clearly Husky Harris. Um, uh, Mercy the Buzzard is pretty much when he first was called up and was doing Bray Wyatt. He was a uh, Mercy, Mercy Whale, uh, Whale and Mercy ripoff. Right. Uh, Ramblin' Rabbit is because uh, he was criticized for rambling through a lot of his promos a lot. And then, of course, Sister Abigail is because before he got sick and avoided disaster there, 
they're going to have him dressed up as Sister Abigail in the ring against uh, Pumpkin Finn Balor, who uh, was dressed as a pumpkin for Halloween, <laughs> apparently. And uh, it, it's kind of interesting because there's another ju- just position how these are all puppets in uh, his world. And with Vince the boss there, Vince kind of treats all the wrestlers like puppets. Right. right. So uh, I think it, it's uh, some some other things that come to light, whereas uh, according to Bray Wyatt and uh, I forget the guy's name, but the one who's helping him create all these um, these promos, they have free reign over it. Uh, they're not being micromanaged or given any notes, really. So they have free reign over it. And that's why they're so good. Yeah, the results are outstanding. And that's why, you know, they're taking like some shots at Vince on this one. I wonder if Vince was watching and what he thought. <laughs> I don't know, but did you ever notice that everybody can do a Vince McMahon impersonation? Well, it's not hard. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell you, I digress a little bit, but on Talk is Jericho this week, he had uh, Dustin Rhodes, and Dustin Rhodes was able to do a good Vince McMahon. Watch it when you get listen to it when you get a chance. Okay. Uh, any thoughts on the Firefly Funhouse before we move on here? Well, it's it's interesting. It's uh, it's creepy, and yet uh, you know, it's something that it's something that you you tune in and you've got to watch it. Okay, see what they're going to do next. Okay, see what the next turn's going to be. Yeah, I think that they can they can definitely continue doing these, but they have to have them debut in the ring sometime soon, and then you can go back to these. Yes, that would. Yeah, you, you have to you thing. have to mix them. Uh, yes. Second, let's go ahead and talk about the fake cash-in by Brock Lesnar. Uh, it was tweeted out after our show last week. Uh, Paul Heyman said that Brock Lesnar is cashing in uh, this coming Monday. He's cashing his Money in the Bank briefcase, which is interesting because uh, before our show, there was a video from Stephanie saying that Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman are going to face consequences for their disrespect to the universe and the title, uh, which I guess is a drop storyline that they couldn't decide before they released the video. Yeah, uh, really. <laughs> anyway, Brock Lesnar shows up. Uh, he he um, basically uh, fakes to cash it in a couple times, and then at the end uh, just destroys Seth Rollins. And when he has him prone and laid out, he cash it in there and yells to Paul, Friday, Friday. So it looks like they're at least hinting that he's going to cash it in tomorrow at Super Showdown, but we'll see if we get another fake. Personally, I thought this was great. I loved it. Oh, I thought it was outstanding. You know, it was a good build-up, and uh, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, I think it was very well executed. Yeah, um, I, I have no complaints about it. I thought it was, uh, it was very well done as well. So, what's next? What, uh, what, uh, what, what, what else can you say about uh, Monday Night Raw? Well, uh, one of the things I didn't like, why well, I did like the the whole fake cash and stuff. I didn't like um, Mysterio just relinquishing the title to Samoa Joe. Uh, I didn't understand that. Uh, one, nobody's come out and saying that, uh, no, no, nobody officially came out and said Samoa Joe uh, should never lost the title, even though his, his shoulders were clearly up uh, during that pinfall. I, they didn't reverse it right away. But number two is, why not have Samoa Joe fight somebody at, I don't know, Super Showdown for the vacant U.S. title. That would be a good idea. Anybody. That that would have been logical. We've already talked about how deep the roster is. Mm -hmm. 
So anybody, you could have had anybody in the situation. Uh, one person to come to mind is Ricochet or Cesaro. Mm-hmm. That would have been good. EC3. Yes. Anybody. Use this to build somebody. Uh-huh. Maybe EC3 could bring EC1 and 2 down with them. That's it, guys. We're done for the night. That's <laughs> all for the podcast. Hey, the joke wasn't that bad. Anyway, so like, so it wasn't just me that this didn't make any sense to, right? No, it didn't make any sense at all. Since when do you just hand the title over? It needs to be defended. You know, this is a big, a big uh, uh, criticism to uh, WWE that the titles mean absolutely nothing. Okay, and you know, yeah, it's all choreographed and all that, and the people back decide who wears the titles and who doesn't, and all that stuff. However, the titles need to mean something on this on the uh, platform. That's something that that AEW pointed out, and they swear that their titles do mean something. Well, I mean, one thing that I think that this is showing as well is that the lack of authority figure, even though everybody except for me applauded it when they said there's going to be no more GMs or authority figures, uh, it hurts the product here because you don't have that common thread that makes these decisions. If you had a bad guy Corbin in this role who could just hand the title to Joe as a bad guy move, that builds both characters as heels. If you have a good guy commissioner like Kurt Angle who's in that role and says, Joe, you're not just getting handed the title, you're going to have to fight this man and bring that guy out but without without any structure here you know we just have to take everything face value and nothing makes sense you're uh, absolutely right it's, there it's, whose belt is in anyway the rules are made up and the the titles don't matter exactly <laughs> um and and yes you know, i caught that if you if you just look down to nxt whenever they have a controversial decision like with the viking raiders leaving and the belts being held up you had commissioner William Regal there, who's not there often except to make the storylines make sense, uh, stating, okay, this is what we're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the problems, you know, and this goes back to last year when, the, when they s- said, we're going to do what the people want. It's going to be run by the people. Okay, was that a good Vince? That was not a good Vince. I guess okay. everybody but you can do a good Vince impersonation. Okay. Um, yeah. Fire. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, basically they they got everybody's hopes up, and now it's the same old shit. Okay, you know, uh, it's uh, one of the criticisms I've heard, and I can and I can understand it is that Vince is is doing a show for one person, for him. Okay, and, and that was confirmed by Ambrose for the most part. Yeah, and, and you know, along the same lines though. Um, uh, I forgot what we were talking about. Never mind. Go ahead. But you know, the thing is, he's uh, you know, he make he's doing the show for one person, and that's Vince. And that's how you're gonna lose people. And that is how c- companies like uh, like AEW come up with that fresh look and actually d- do give the people what they want. Well, okay. The only thing worse than having a less than stellar pro- product is um promising something and then not delivering on it this is true because if you have an average product i might watch it i might pick it up maybe i find it entertaining maybe i find it as background noise but if you promise me something now i'm paying attention and now when you don't deliver on it that 
that's why uh, you know I get I get even more disappointed and upset depending on how invested I am. That's why I didn't care for WrestleMania this year because I was invested in it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you don't want to be disappointed, and if you disappoint the fans, eventually you're not going to have any fans. Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, uh, another note on Raw this week would be Cesaro versus Ricochet. Uh, which was a good match, but this is the third week in a row we've seen this match. And and while they have a good match, if you spread it out to once every other week or, you know, once every three weeks, and then, I don't know, have other wrestlers here, may, maybe it, it would be more entertaining. But, I mean, to be honest with you, you're just beating into the ground. So, uh, I, there's, there's movies out. Like, I absolutely love The Princess Bride, but if I watched it every week, I'd get sick of it. Yeah. And you know, uh, there's you know you can't really you can't overexpose the the guys, uh, have the match over and over and over again because there's only so much these two guys can do. And you know, I'm not be, I'm not taking anything away from them, but you know, uh, you want to see them against other people. Now, my feeling is I think they're going to end up making them a tag team. Yeah, but and I think that's what everybody's saying, and they better not. Um, one is because Ricochet is better as a singles wrestler, so is uh, Cesaro may be better as a tag team wrestler. I never really gave him a shot as a singles wrestler. Number two is the, you're going to have four more matches between these two, and then they're going to become a tag team. And, yeah. and it's the same thing they did with Cesaro and Sheamus, and everybody sees that, and it's just another notch against WWE. It's going to be horrible. Uh, one Another thing that I didn't like about Raw, it wasn't a big... Uh, disagreement here was but i didn't really care for the layout of the show i thought that it should have uh uh built better towards friday show i didn't feel like i figured i felt that they wasted too much time on the money in the bank stuff even though that was some of my favorite stuff uh on the show but they had in like what three or four segments yes um you know they should have did more building towards friday's show to build more hype for it number two is since the women are probably not going to wrestle on Friday's show. Uh, you should have them be more the focus of Raw and SmackDown beforehand. Yeah. So you, yeah. you know, so you can, you know, equal rights and stuff. And, and most importantly is uh, Triple H and Undertaker should not have been in the third hour. The Triple H Randy Orton segment seemed like it was a little phoned in. That's a that's an opening segment if I've ever seen one. And in my opinion, I, I would uh, have ended with the fake cash-in where you think Brock Lesnar is about to become the universal champion at the end of the show, he says, no, Friday is a great way to end the show. And Undertaker, while he still cuts a pretty good promo, that's something you can do at the top of the third hour or, or you know, halfway through the second hour or something. Get the same effect that he did and, and you know, not waste your main event spot. Because to be honest with you, with how Undertaker's performed in the ring the past couple of years, I don't really care to see him do promos because there's, there's nothing behind it. Well, promos are about the only thing he has left going but for But there's him right nothing now. behind it. It only means something if you feel like he's going to uh, perform in the ring afterwards. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, you're not you're not wrong there. Although I did, I enjoyed the promo from uh, from Taker. Uh, you know, that was that was vintage Taker promo. I'd like uh, hopefully he's in better shape now and can perform a little bit in the ring. I don't think it's a shape thing. I don't think it's necessarily his out of shape. I think he's he's, he's old and beat up. Yeah. What do you think of the uh, of the Flair uh, Evans match? Uh, on Raw, yeah, it, it was pretty good. I think both of those uh, ladies are 
are talented. Um, I, I don't like the way it ended with, uh, I think that's the one where Becky interrupted. Yeah, Becky went in and beat the hell out of Lacey. Well, I think she beat up both of them, right? No, it was mostly Lacey. But, you know, I don't think there's any reason for it. Becky should be on to another feud mm-hmm. and why these two settle their hashes. Because, to be honest with you, I'm tired of seeing Charlotte walk out in every title picture. Yeah. It's almost a Roman Reigns effect where, okay, we get it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then her title reigns don't mean anything because she loses them within seven days. Right. Anyway, some of the other things on SmackDown this week. Uh, I think between Raw and SmackDown, there's been way too much Shane McMahon and Roman Reigns. Oh, that's I the one, agree with that. That's the one story they've actually been pushing for Super Showdown. But that's probably the least one I'm interested in. And I'm kind of sick of it. I, I mean, uh, both shows, multiple segments. Uh, Shane kind of is putting together a stable, but it's different guys every week. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not much you can say about that, but yeah, and you, you, you have a comment? Yes, yeah. I do. My comment, <laughs> I think there's way too much there. Okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not consistent. And, uh, you know, I'm tired of seeing Shane out there. Tired of seeing Roman Reigns out there. Let's get some other people out there. Okay. Or at least keep them on one show. Holy yeah. crap. And, and one thing that was pointed out to me, because obviously Roman's been the wild card uh, almost every week. Uh, Sami Zayn's been the wild Roman's been the wild card every week. Uh, Sami Zayn's been the wild card almost every week. Uh, Shane McMahon is on both shows because he's a McMahon. He doesn't need a wild card. And, and, you know, you're just taken away from other people who could be in those spots helping build shows like Rusev and Nakamura. Right. Yeah, are they still with the? Cl- oh yeah, they have to still be with the, with the company because they attacked our uh, truth on the uh, on the golf course. Did they? Yeah, that was that was that was over that was over in Raw. Uh, they they had no to- that no, was no, 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 uh, that was over on that Smack. was Jinder Mahal. Okay, I yeah, thought, okay. I thought you were okay, talking yeah. about a new video that was released that I didn't see yet. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That was Jinder Mahal. Anyway. And- how many Let's times keep... has uh, Truth uh, captured the uh, the twenty four seven now? We'll get to that. I think it's <laughs> four though. Uh, anyway, uh, something else is uh, Alexa Bliss comes out for her, uh, moment of bliss segment with Bailey, which turns into a number one contender match between her, Carmella, and of course Charlotte Flair. Uh huh. And uh, Bliss ends up getting the win here thanks to some uh, a distraction by Fire and Desire. Uh, Mandy and uh, and Sonia and Alexa Bliss, a Raw superstar, is number one contender for the women's title. Why? Hence my point before: Is there really a a brand split? Okay, there is no reason why you should have a Raw superstar going for a SmackDown title under any circumstances. I, I agree with you. Um, I, I like Alexa Bliss and everything, but it doesn't make sense in the storyline. And then on top of that, Alexa Bliss is confusing me because I don't know if they made uh, an audible here between Monday and Tuesday or if she's supposed to be two different characters. Because on Monday in Nikki Cross's corner, uh, she seemed like a sympathetic face turn. Am I wrong? You're absolutely right. And then on... Tuesday, she seemed like the most dastardly heel. Yes, absolutely right there. It, it, you tell me, Dad, is she a face or is she a heel? Ah, no, I guess she's a feel. I'm going to leave that one alone. 
<laughs> yeah, I sh- I'm going to leave that one alone, too. You know, uh, another person... Um... Oh, actually, let's go ahead and move on to the 24-7 um, Lumberjack match, which I was looking forward to when they announced it. Uh, I believe R-Truth got a phone call on the back on Carmella's phone, and it was Shane McMahon telling him that he's going to have a, a match in the ring. His opponent's on the way down, and it turned out to be a Lumberjack match with other guys uh, around the ring, and uh, 24-7 uh, rules were suspended until the match was over. Uh, one... I thought this was a great concept. I was looking forward to the match. I was looking forward to uh, the, the issue I had was it didn't execute it because uh, it was way too quick of an actual match. Yes. I think our truth taunting the our truth and Elias taunting these guys about not being able to win the title mm-hmm. for a good five ten minutes would have been great. I think it was like a, a thirty second match here. Yeah. And, yeah. and then uh, I like the idea of our truth uh, after Elias beats him clean. Uh, ends up winning the title back underneath the ring against Elias, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe is now his fourth title reign. Watch out, yes, yes. Ric Flair and John Cena. Um, and also, I believe they released on their YouTube channels and other social media the actual footage of the match uh, underneath the ring, so you can see that it was legit. <laughs> I like what they're doing with the 24-7 title so far. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I just wish, you know... Uh, they, they put it in too many situations, though, where... Um, wrestlers that are clearly above it are, aren't considering it a serious title, which they probably shouldn't, but it's hard to for us to take it seriously if all the wrestlers don't take it seriously. You're right, you're right. But, you know, it's a, it is a, it's tough to take it seriously to begin with, you know. And, uh, you know, I didn't know R-Truth played golf. Well, we never actually saw him play golf. Or Jinder Mahal, for that matter. Yeah, he wasn't really wearing the right golfing attire. <laughs> All right, Dad, before we move on to our super showdown hype and preview, I want to take a minute to talk about the tag team division on WWE's main card, or lack thereof. They uh, have tag teams? On NXT, we saw uh, a great fatal four-way tag team match, all four teams, in that ladder match, looked fantastic. It made you like the tag team division. It made you look forward to it. It seemed like a highlight of the show. And then on Raw and SmackDown, uh, I don't think we had one tag team match with actual tag teams, if we had any at all. Uh, uh, yeah, we did have one on Raw. Wouldn't, I don't they, they count six-man They were tag. part of a six-man tag. Yeah. You can't count a six-man tag. Um, the Revival and the Usos did participate in a six-man tag. But I mean that's not that's not a tag team match because it's not a six man tag title. Um, where are the Viking experience that they uh, fucked with and pushed? Uh, where are the tag team champions on either show? Where is heavy machinery? Where is um? Hell, I can't think of any more tag teams. Oh well, you have the Usos, you have the Revival, the Good Brothers. Uh. The New Day is kind of doing their own thing without tag team. But, you know, it's like great tag team wrestling on Double or Nothing a couple weeks ago. Great tag team wrestling on NXT. You have more time than any other program on Raw and SmackDown to fill. It'd be great to mix it up with tag team matches between actual tag teams that care about it. Why aren't they doing it? I don't know. Once again, it comes down to Vinny. Okay, uh, 
you know, I'm not going to say that he's losing it or that he's going senile. The man is a genius, but I think he has himself spread out over too many things. Once upon a time, he used to be so active, he'd be behind the stage uh, talking to the wrestlers and saying what a good job they're doing here and there. And, you know, and, uh, you know, it took a real hands-on th- uh, at the shows. Now... He's not at the shows all the time anymore. He just uh, he stays in his office, and you know he's busy with the XFL. Are you serious? He's not at the shows because, from what I gather, is is part of the problem is that he is at the shows and he's rewriting stuff and and putting stupid things in all the time, mm-hmm. and, and you know micromanaging stuff and writing stuff that he likes. Sounds uh, like he. Because to me, to me, based on what Dean Ambrose said, based on the fact that nobody's disputed this and everybody's agreed with this, um, based on the the rumors that were around before Dean Ambrose, it sounds like the problem is that he's at too many of the shows. Perhaps, but according to Dustin Rhodes, uh, Vince McMahon isn't quite as involved as he was, but he still he still has to have final say over everything. Well, yes, I mean, that's interesting. Okay, well, let's go ahead and talk about Super Showdown. Okay. Now, before we break down the actual matches on the card, which is crazy because by my count, there's actually 10, which which is probably the only way this card is WrestleMania-like, I want to talk about some of the hype that's going into it. Uh, First of all, all we've been hearing in the promos is how this is going to be a WrestleMania equivalent or better. And that's bullshit. Uh, there's nothing on this card that makes me think that it's WrestleMania. They haven't built anything towards this card uh, for WrestleMania. Um, and there's been no build for the Rumble match, which is probably one of the more interesting things they're having on the card. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, you know, there's no... Well, if they're comparing it to the last WrestleMania, it might come close. But a WrestleMania, a WrestleMania level match uh, card... Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't see anything here that really comes up to that. I was going to say, which of these matches um, would you have put on WrestleMania this year? Uh, gee, I wouldn't put any of them on there. Maybe Shane versus Roman. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, then you better have Roman go over on it. Because Shane, Shane needs to get his ass kicked on WrestleMania. Well, he won this year. He still got his ass kicked. Yeah. Well, yeah. But uh, you know, there's really nothing here that really that really cries WrestleMania. But you know, they're setting themselves up to fail because one, I don't like if they're gonna have a 50 man Royal Rumble, then why not just call it the second annual Greatest Royal Rumble, and then build a brand. Yeah. Because Super Showdown. The only thing I've been hearing about Super Showdown is then they already have a Super Showdown. Wasn't it in Australia? I didn't think a Super Showdown was in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so, really. you know, one, all they're doing is confusing people. And two is, if you're having the 50-man Royal Rumble match, well, why not just call it that like you did last time? Uh, I thought the Greatest Royal Rumble was a pretty good event. It was entertaining. It was built around the Rumble. It left yes. everybody, you know, good. Uh, but trying to say it's going to be better than WrestleMania, you're setting expectations up here out of nine. So, and the card you lay out there is maybe a seven, right? Maximum. That that's on a that, that's me being a nice guy saying it's a seven. Yeah. So, uh, also you had women headline the the WrestleMania this year, and you don't have any women on this card. 
Now, there's talk that there might be Alexa Bliss versus Natalia. Yes. Uh, they're trying to push that through and um, get the, the Saudi um, sports and gaming, whatever, to agree to it. But, uh, I mean, that's probably unlikely. Yeah, they'll they'll agree to it if they both wear burkas. Yeah, you can have a, a burka match. Uh, first person <laughs> to lose their burka, we all win. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, but, you know, anyway, I'm just not excited about the hype. The, the other thing I want to point out is uh, I know our friends over at What Culture Wrestling on YouTube and uh, other people give uh, WWE a lot of slack for having a show in Saudi Arabia, uh, mostly because of political reasons. And while I understand their points and everything, I think they're missing the bigger picture. And in my opinion, not to get too political, I think WWE being over there and uh, having live shows like this is uh, introducing more of their citizens and women to Western culture, which can help them become more progressive down the line uh, with stuff with maybe uh, if they can't get women in this time, maybe women wrestle next time or something. Uh, You know, for as much shit as the Saudi prince gets over there, which most of it's probably well-deserved, he he has uh, made it legal for women to drive a car, which is not something that was uh, allowed beforehand. He's bringing Western culture over. So, you know, you want these people to be treated more civilized and better. I mean, th- this is part of it. This is small steps. You can't just snap your fingers and all of a sudden everybody's drinking Starbucks and uh, talking on smartphones. Yeah. Well, you see, the thing is, oh, yeah, they do have smartphones over there, by the way. And I'm just making Starbucks an example of that. Yeah, I know. But, you know, the thing Yeah, but is... only the men can drink that, not the ah. women. <laughs> well, the women have to get it for them. But, uh, gee, it's getting bad. Okay. But That's why they had to allow them to drive. <laughs> but you see, the thing is, is that you're dealing with an, uh, an entirely different culture over there, different set of values. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a strange mix. Well, I mean, do you have an issue with it? Because personally, I don't only have an issue with it, uh, not have an issue with it, but I actually support it because I feel like what they're doing is, uh, kind of appropriating uh, the Muslim and Saudi Arabian culture to more of a Western American lifestyle and showing them a different way. And if they enjoy themselves, maybe they start to adopt some of it. And I'm not asking for them to turn into America East or anything like that, but maybe the, they'll they'll grow into more freedom. Well, you know, once again there, I do not oppose it. Of course not. But you know, there's you also a lot of people out there that oppose the shows happening in Saudi Arabia. Some of them are on the roster. Yeah, yes, and that's a personal choice on their part. I'm not on the roster. If I was actually on the roster, I might not go either. And that is because they are very anti-Semitic over there, to say the least. Yeah. Um. You know, I I I don't have to make that decision, so I won't. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things like, you know, I watch the what culture wrestling, uh, news videos and ups and downs and prediction videos, especially to get ready for our show. Cause I like to borrow stuff from them. Uh, and you know, I always credit them by saying what cultures, Adam Cleary or what cultures, um, Adam Wilborn, uh, or, or something like that. Uh, but you know, they just rail so hard against these Saudi shows like Vince McMahon is uh, a little devil puppet with horns uh, when when it comes to this stuff, but you know I think it's I think it's ridiculous. 
Um, and, and, you know, well, let's go ahead and move on to the show itself. And uh, we don't know the order of the matches, so I'm just going to uh, – I did kind of like a fantasy rundown here. And uh, the first match I would have here is uh, the Usos versus the Revival, which is a match that they haven't publicized at all except on the website. It says this is going to be a match at Super Showdown. Warm uh, up these, show. these two have been having a rivalry for the past couple uh, months, I guess. Uh, it's gotten pretty ridiculous at times. Probably jumped the shark. Um, uh, the Usos would probably win, but I hope the Revival does. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Revival on that. Although, from what I understand, the Revival is uh, in, is uh, on their way out. They haven't they haven't taken a new contracts. I think their uh, I think their their uh, contract runs up uh, what November. I think it was September, but I think they added some time to Dawson's contract because of his injury. Oh, okay. Which almost makes it sound like a jail sentence, because they did that to Luke Harper, too. Yeah, I know. They added time to his contract uh, because of injury, too. So if you get hurt by performing entering duties in your job, they extend your contract. They pause your contract. I hope they're getting paid for that time the contract is paused. Yeah, really. You know, I think, you know, that must be written into the contract, because if it wasn't written into the contract, that would be a lawsuit. Well, yeah, obviously it's written in the contract. It's still a shitty thing to do. They still don't yeah. have to exercise that right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like if um, if Dawson broke his jaw, um, you know, playing basketball, or Luke Harper broke his arm on a slip and slide. That's one thing. But they both broke their their or got hurt and injured in WWE duties. Yes, and I agree with you a hundred percent. Although, uh, and I don't think they have that in any other sport, do they? No, where you no. extend your contract if you get hurt in season? No, and I think the reason that they're doing that right now is AEW. It's 100% AEW because now there's some place for them to go, which they consider a threat. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to our second match, which isn't really a match. It's Lars Sullivan versus all three members of the Lucha House Party. Uh, this is stupid. The reason why this is stupid is because for the past month, he's been beating up all three members of the Lucha House Party on Raw. And I think even at a paper, even at Money in the Bank, he did too. Yes. So why would I think that this would be any different? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, speaking of Lars Sullivan, did you, you did catch his interview on uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, I think he's a hidden gem personally. I think he's, yes. a, he's incredibly strong. He's incredibly fierce. He's unique looking. Uh I, I didn't necessarily like the words that were coming out of his mouth because they're clearly scripted, but um, I think he delivered them well, and I think with better material, I think he can be a force to be reckoned with. And uh, Braun Strowman, I hope he's watching, because if he could deliver a promo like that, uh, he'd be the complete package too. Yeah, I would agree with you. But, you know, now as far as the match goes here, I think that uh, Sullivan's going to make guacamole out of Lucha House Party. But here's the thing, though, is you've been having him beat up the Lucha House Party for over a month now. Yeah. Put somebody else in there. Have uh, the B team in there. Let him beat up the B team. Yeah. Another tag team that's not appearing on TV. Mm-hmm. Another, you know, tag, just, team that's, another tag team that's actually very entertaining. Uh, the other thing is, uh, Lars Sullivan has been on uh, TV since WrestleMania, and this is going to be his first match. He hasn't had an official match yet. Mm-hmm. What the hell are they doing? I have no idea. I know he did have a little problem with uh, with anxiety for a while. 
you know, which uh, no, that was that was but that was uh, that's what the latest call up till WrestleMania. But oh, WrestleMania okay. was April seventh. Yeah, it's uh, June sixth. Yeah, two months, and he's gonna have his first match two months into being on TV. Why? That I'm not sure. Uh, I'm... Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, here's a, another one. It, it, both wrestlers can go. I think it's going to be an interesting match. Uh, it's Demon Finn Balor versus Andrade. This is a waste of a demon. Obviously, this I is agree. a cash grab. Uh, they have done nothing to build this feud that much. This should be something where these two should be going back and forth on SmackDown every week leading up to this. Andrade should have done something dastardly to him where the demon has to come out. Uh, I agree with what you said uh, a couple months ago where the demon should never be announced. It should almost always be a surprise and something that's speculated on leading into the show. Right. I, I 100% agree. And, you know, this, uh, this is, this, there's nothing, there's no reason for a demon to be there. It is because it's, uh, it's probably something that, um, because the demon's really popular and something that they could probably sell as a big thing to the Saudis. Well, yeah, that. But I'm talking about storyline-wise. The, you're right. And the reason why, I mean, they could have if uh, Andre, if two weeks ago Andrade beats the holy hell out of Finn Balor with a a, a chair. Uh, maybe yeah. crashes a car into his car or something. Or, mm-hmm. you know, blows him up or something like that. And then the demon comes back out. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago or something like that, but you don't announce it. And announcing, I, I guarantee you, this is a Vince McMahon call. Oh, probably, because he wants to get money. Okay, our next match. So is- I'm pretty sure the Demon's going to win, though. I don't think we picked a winner. Yeah, uh, I pick Balor because they're going to protect the Demon. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go with that too. Um, go ahead. Now, the next one's going to be Strowman and Lashley. Okay. This one they've actually had a little bit of a build-up with. Okay, from the uh, from that uh, elimination match that they eliminated each other by just leaving, to the arm wrestling match, to uh, and now you're going to have this. And don't forget, Lashley was one of the people was one of the three that kept tormenting uh, Strowman and shattered his elbow and stuff. Which is something that they should be talking about more, and they're not. Absolutely right. And um, I agree with you. Uh, th- this is a match that normally I'd be looking forward to, but I don't think they built it that well. Uh, it kind of takes you out of it. One, they should have never been in that elimination number one contender match because they already had a match. Right. So you see, you see the the commentators try to scramble to to justify it, like, well, if either one of them win, they're going to have to fight twice. Yeah. At, at Super Showdown, no, there's no reason to do that. Um. And then there's no reason to call it an elimination match when they just walk off. However, I will say that the arm wrestling thing this week, uh, as much as I moaned leading into it, very well done. I liked it. Yeah, it was pretty uh, good. It, it was less than five minutes. Uh, it was really good with the powder. Lashley played his part right. Uh, Strowman played his part right. Uh, the power slam at the end by Lashley. Uh, it's pretty good. It's probably the best build for a match, even though it's not, I don't feel like it's been a great build. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and I'm going to go with Strowman on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Lashley on this one. Okay, because all the good guys can't win. This is true. All the good guys can't win. Speaking, However, uh, the way they have, well, Lars Sullivan's not a good guy. I think he's a pretty good guy. 
<laughs> anyway, speaking of good guys, the best in the world, Shane McMahon, faces Roman Reigns. Uh, this is going to be something where Shane probably has a bunch of people come out to help him. The Revival, McIntyre, which isn't in, who, who isn't in a, a one-on-one match or tag team match or anything. Um, Elias, who doesn't have a match. Um, probably to to help beat up Roman. Roman's going to overcome the odds for some reason, and he's going to end up winning, right? Uh, actually, I think that uh, McMahon's going to going to pull it off okay and, you said earlier you know, that you said roman's gonna win i would like to see that but i think mcmahon's gonna pull it off because he's gonna have too many people uh fighting his battle for him and this is going to go to some kind of a special stipulation match maybe two weeks down the line that uh what's that one called the new one stomping ground stomping grounds no because uh it's already been announced that mcintyre versus reigns at stomping ground okay so, you know, I can see where McIntyre gets involved and cost Reigns the, t- uh, the match here. Mm-hmm. However, what, what I would say is that WWE has gone out of their way to make to protect Roman's win-loss record yeah. um, uh, from him beating both members of the B team with Elias on the outside to him beating Elias every single time he faced Elias right. to even this past week when he's on the losing end, he's outside the ring while one of the Usos gets the pin or gets pinned. Uh, there's been times, I think both, uh, shows this week on Raw and SmackDown where he was left laying by Shane McMahon after a spear, uh, but he hasn't lost a match. This is true. So, uh, I think Shane should win, but going based on that theory, I think it's going to be Roman. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Shane on that one. Okay. And let's see what one, what, what's our next one here? Uh, what? Well, I was going to let you read the next one. Oh, okay. okay. But it's going to be Triple H versus Randy Orton. Okay. And, and this is one they haven't really... I mean, they showed a video package. Strangely enough, they're doing the build for this that they should be doing between Lashley and Strowman. Because I wouldn't mind seeing a video package showing Lashley taking part in dismantling Strowman over the past you know, year. I would agree with that. Uh, you know, the kind of a half-hearted uh, build on this one because there really wasn't any heat going into this. There's no reason for them to fight. Yes, but you know, they did have a couple of good zingers when they uh, when when they talked on uh, on Sunday or or Tuesday. Okay, when they had that little uh, episode there where they were both uh, where they where they met in the ring. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it was kind of like you know, cheap pops. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... You know, it, it, it's testicle humor. Yeah. And then uh, you know, Triple H is on this card for the same reason that the Demon is on this card. It's just to please the Saudis. And yeah. Randy Orton, uh, I guess they just figured that there's a lot of heat between, or there's a lot of uh, history between the two, and they can have a match without much build up to it. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, this next one, uh, well, who do you think is going to win the uh, Triple H at Orton match? Well, since he books part of it, probably Triple H. I'm going to agree with that. I think it'd be smarter if they let Orton win it and build on it. Oh, definitely, definitely. But that's that means it's definitely going to be Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, go ahead. Okay, our next one is going to be uh, Kofi Kingston defending his title against Dolph Ziggler. Interesting match. Okay, and you know, there's speculation. The reason they brought uh, Ziegler in here is because Kevin Owens is does not want to go to Saudi Arabia. That makes sense. And, and you know, you forgot. You know, Ziegler's been off TV for long enough here. We forgot just how good he is. Now the build on him is unusual because, uh, and they did a good build on for the match, but he's not he's not coming across as your basic heel. Okay, he's got some good. He's he's got a good motivating uh, a story behind him, and you know he gives uh, K- Kingston his due. Here's where I I disagree with you on the build. When they first brought Dolph in and he attacked Ziggler or Kingston from behind, and uh, he, you know then he comes back out and cuts the promo, I thought that was great. Yeah, but he he's done the same exact thing. For three weeks now. Yeah. Like no, almost no variation to even the words he's saying. Mm-hmm. That's because it's scripted. Yeah, but I would rather have it be something where two weeks ago he attacks Kingston, comes out, challenges him, uh, goes through that promo, and then the the next week, uh, you know, then you don't see him until Super Showdown. Mm-hmm. Rather than have the same thing over and over again, where you, you know, and, and that's the belt of the match, and you're like, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, but you know, that's not a, that's not a Ziegler issue. That's a booking issue. I'm not it's saying a it's a Ziegler writing. issue. I'm saying that the issue is is that I think, you know, it, it's it's gone stale for me. Uh, I I think Kofi's going to retain here. Yeah, so I'm going. Do you have any interesting you. predictions here? Uh, yeah, I do. But I'll get I'll get to my final prediction on that if at the end of the uh, at the end of the uh, rundown on the card. You don't have any predictions about uh, Kofi Kingston after he beats Dolph Ziggler. We talked uh, about this before we started recording. Yes, we did. So and, go go okay, ahead. Well, I'll go ahead with it. We we um, literally talked about when we talk about this match. You can go ahead and present your your idea. Okay. So why the hell don't call audibles? Okay. But, you know, Kofi Kingston is going to win this match, okay? And then uh, I think that that, uh, Brock Lesnar is going to come down and cash in on Kofi Kingston. And the reason I think this is because, remember, SmackDown is going to Fox, okay? That's not until October, though. That's not until October, but, you know, they can can start building that storyline now where Kofi's trying to get his title back from Brock Lesnar. And you want to have a big, a huge name on SmackDown at least at the start, and you know there's no bigger name than Brock Lesnar. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, personally, I can see that happening. Uh, the reason why I wouldn't want that to happen is because right now Kofi is probably the only champion i enjoy watching on the main roster right now i didn't say i would like to watch i, I would like that to happen even but, becky lynch has kind of faded a bit as mm-hmm. she she seems to be the third wheel in this rivalry between lacey evans and charlotte yeah so somehow uh, you know she cut a, a promo about how she doesn't want to get complacent well she kind of has become complacent and kind of taken a step back what, what made her what made her what made her the man was 
the whole uh, disrespect. I'm stepping up. I'm no longer taking your shit. I'm I'm gonna show. I'm gonna do things my own way. The Stone Cold Steve Austin attitude. That as soon as she started to get over and became the man, uh, you know, around the turn of the year, that started to fade a bit. Right. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to our next match. And this is where I think Brock Lesnar gets involved. Uh, one match later than you, it's Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Uh, this hasn't been a bad build. I enjoy Baron Corbin as a bad guy. He pulls off the heel well. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is your prediction for this one? Okay, uh, I I can't see uh, Corbin getting the title right now. Okay, very good heel. Seth Rollins, uh, he's doing an okay job. I always liked his work. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more from him. Uh, I think Seth is going to retain here. I think that Lesnar is not going to ch- cash in on uh, Rollins. I think he's going to cash in on uh, Kofi. And yes, that's going to be uh, that's going to be the big swerve. Yeah, and uh, I, I can see where that would play out. And, and logically, it does make sense for him to cash in on Kofi, and then you have the whole summer building for Kofi working towards winning his title back. However, because it's logical, it means it's definitely not going to happen at this level. <laughs> What's going to happen is Baron Corbin is going to beat Seth Rollins for the title. He's going to be celebrating in the ring, and then Brock Lesnar's music hits. And Brock Lesnar cashes in on Baron Corbin. I don't think that's going to happen, but I would love to see it. Because because uh, Baron Corbin's a great heel. As he's, I don't know how Saudi uh, reacts to to Baron, uh, or if they react to heels the same way we do, if they see the same people as heels as we do. But if it was an American show, I can see Corbin wins. I can see shit being thrown in the ring, and I can see Brock Lesnar's music coming out and Brock Lesnar getting a huge pop from it. Mm-hmm. Now I will say that if uh, if if uh, Seth Rollins wins that match and Brock Lesnar cashes in on Rollins, he will not take the title. That would be good too. I think he should fail at his cash in. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, our next match and uh, second to last match here is Undertaker versus Goldberg. My prediction here: Undertaker's entrance eight minutes Goldberg's entrance six minutes the match 90 seconds <laughs> um that sounds about right i can't see vince jobbing out his top wwe guy to a top wcw guy so i see goldberg doing the job here but if, in my opinion i think goldberg should win okay well i think uh well did i did you know that goldberg uh uh did an unscripted promo on SmackDown? Yeah, and uh, you mentioned that earlier. You could tell that it was unscripted because he, uh, I, I don't think, like, he's not somebody who can give a script because he's not going to listen to you anyway. Right. But he, he's not great at the unscripted stuff because he he seems to, like, uh, get lost a little out there when he's talking. Uh, it doesn't seem to have the same polish on it as a promo should. Uh, more authenticity. I bet you the Undertaker's was unscripted too, but he's been doing the same thing for so long that he's got his lines memorized. Yeah, a script wasn't really needed. (laughs) But uh, you know, I mean, who scripts the Undertaker? You think Vince is handing a script to the Undertaker? (laughs) Well, if Undertaker doesn't want his uh, his his uh, position with the company to rest in peace, yeah. 
I think that would hurt Vince a lot more than it hurts Taker. Mm-hmm. But I think that they're going to put Goldberg over in this one. Okay. Uh, just because uh, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good match. A, well, good match for those two. Okay. It's going to be a quick match. I bet you, I bet you're disappointed. Probably. The, let me put it this way. The entrances are going to be excellent. Okay. But, uh, I think Goldberg goes over in this. Yeah, either way, maybe, I'm not looking forward to it. If this may is been 2005, maybe yeah, may part of the uh, part of the uh, conditions of him coming back. Maybe. Um, I mean, if this was 2005, Triple H and Orton, Undertaker and Goldberg, I would say WrestleMania quality. Yes. Not in 2019. No. Uh, something else for a WrestleMania quality match. Neither tag team titles on the line. Obviously, neither women's titles on the line. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Finn Balor is the Intercontinental t- Champion, right? Yeah. So I think he's defending that against Andrade. Right. And uh, U.S. No titles U.S. titles not on the line. Uh, no cruiserweight titles on the line. No, so no. WrestleMania equivalent show, half the more than half the titles are not on the line. Uh, women's tag team titles aren't on the line either. Uh, goes without saying. So anyway. Uh, I put this as the last match to cover because I think it was the last match last year during the Greatest Royal Rumble, and I'm, I'm a yep. little fuzzy on if this match is even happening or not. A 50-man Royal Rumble or Battle Royal, they're kind of being a little shady on it, which means they're kind of wish-washing on what they want to do with it. Yeah. We don't know anybody who's in it, really. There's been almost no build for this match to where they don't even have it in the rundown on the website. Uh, the the Throw a winner out there, and why? And who knows if they're even in the match? I'll say EC3. Just you mean because... the guy who walks around uh, with a solo cup and a sourpuss uh, backstage behind Drake Maverick, almost begging to be fired at this point? Yes. Is there a reason? They have to do something with him, eventually. Apparently they don't. Yeah, I guess not. My pick is doing double duty, Lars Sullivan. I think the greatest Royal Rumble last year when Braun Strowman won it helped propel his character to a summer program with uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. I think Lars Sullivan uh, coming out here, if if he's in it, you can't really have him lose it because you're going to kill all the builds you have for him unless you have 49 people throw him out. Yeah. You know, and then they've been very secretive about who's going to be in it. Um, I'm assuming that some of these people are doing double duty, but it's hard to see Braun Strowman in it. I wouldn't mind seeing Braun Strowman and Lars Sullivan uh, in it go head to head and maybe knock each other out. But then you're kind of begging for a program that they're not ready to have. Yeah, that would be a uh, good program. Apparently, there's going to be a couple of NXT guys who make the the trip, too. Um, Rumor is Matt Riddle will be in it. So okay. we'll see what happens. And you'll probably have some Saudi guys in there too. Some sodomy. Some Saudi guys. I was gonna say I don't think they allow sodomy over there in the Saudi Arabia. Um anyway though, like uh we don't even know who who's in it. I can tell you who's not in it. Sami Zayn's not in it, neither is Kevin Owens, uh Alistair Black or uh Daniel Bryan. 
Uh, do, I mean, do you have any yeah, final John thoughts? John Cena's not in it either. I, I mean, to be yeah, to be honest with you, if uh, if we weren't doing a podcast, I probably wouldn't care about this show at all. Mm-hmm. Would you? Not really. Okay. It, depending, know, it, it just doesn't look like uh, something that really stands out to me. Okay, to compare to to say this is going to be as big as uh, WrestleMania is such a gross misadvertisement. You know, that's false advertising, even for even even for wrestling. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, anyway, uh, you have any final thoughts? Well, I'm hoping I'm pleasantly surprised by this uh, by this uh, show. Okay, and you know, let's see what happens uh, going forward with uh, Raw and SmackDown. Okay, they have to they have to pick it up a bit. If they don't pick it up a bit, not only are they going to lose sponsors, they're going to start losing their sponsors. They're going to start losing their viewers, and they might start losing their uh, their channels. Yeah, but they I think they just put everything on the network at some point. Anyway, as always, if you have comments, you can uh, uh, go ahead and comment, and subscribe, and like on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can reach me on Twitter at WrestlingHS316 or BigSteveInjax at BigSteveInjax1. And remember, hindsight is always 2020.